way back to your seat. We're going to get started in just a moment. Thank you so much. And if you could open up your Bibles to Ruth chapter 3. Seeing Christ in all of the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 3. We're going to read God's word together. And as you're returning to your seats, I want to uh, just give a shout out to my my daughter Evelyn, my youngest daughter Evelyn, because uh, she loves flamingos, and uh, that's the credit to my shirt that I'm wearing today. I love wearing it because I love her, and uh, yeah, I love the way she loves flamingos. And I uh, also want to thank all of you who have been praying for those who have been sick in the church, and particular, particularly Ray Brenner. I think uh, Ray, Lord willing, will be home by Monday. Um, he's been recovering in the hospital, and uh, he, he looked much better at the last visit uh, than he had previous uh, days before that. So thank you, church, for just your prayers for the saints. Thank you also for the meals that you have made for one another, the love that you have for one another. Um, just as I've been talking to different people who uh, have been on the receiving end of that, they have been so blessed by your generosity and so I am very thankful uh, to be in a local church that is so generous and so loving as you are. So thank you, Christ community, for being who you are. Ruth chapter 3 is our passage of Scripture this morning, and the title of the message is Redeemer. So let's read God's Word together in Ruth chapter 3. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, speaking to Ruth, My daughter... Should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a Redeemer, yet there is a Redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If He will redeem you, good. Let Him do it. But if He is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at His feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And He said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And He said, Bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. 
So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Again, the title of the message is Redeemer. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, we just thank you so much for this beautiful story of Ruth and Boaz and how you and your providence brought them together. We love, Lord, the the story of these two. And, Lord God, that the way that you brought these two together in marriage leads to the birth of their son, who is the continuation of the, the seed of the woman who would one day crush the head of the serpent, Jesus Christ. It's so awesome that in an Old Testament passage like Ruth chapter 3, Jesus, you're there. And I pray that we would marvel at how awesome you are, Lord, the way you carry down faithfully your promise to bring the promised offspring, the one who would crush the head of the serpent, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Thank you so much, Lord, for the quality and salvation of redemption. Show us insight into that today through this passage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love this passage. Naomi's looking out for Ruth here, and Ruth has been looking out for Naomi. She's been gleaning in the fields now for some time. At the end of chapter 2, we see that she was living with her mother-in-law now for some time, and uh, she was gleaning until the end of the barley and the wheat harvest. So we know that Ruth had been working in the fields and had been very faithful and diligent. And uh, Naomi told her daughter-in-law, Ruth, to make sure that she stays near Boaz's young women who also work the field so that she would be protected, so that she would be safe. And so there's this mutual looking out for one another, this selflessness that's like a shining light here in this story. And um, I love how God looks out for Ruth And just the way her mother-in-law is looking out for her, not just in the short term, but also in the long term. She says to her in verse 1, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you. And so I got three points this morning um, from the sermon. The Redeemer gives you, number one, rest. Rest. The Redeemer gives you rest. The Redeemer gives you protection. And thirdly, the Redeemer gives you Riches. Let's look at the Redeemer gives you rest. Matthew Henry writes of this, The married state should be a rest as much as anything upon earth can be so, as it ought to fix the affections and form a connection for life. Therefore, it should be engaged in with great seriousness, with earnest prayers for direction, for the blessing of God, and with regard to his precepts. Parents should carefully advise their children in this important concern that it may be well with them as to their souls. And yes, souls matter most. Be it always remembered that is best for us, which is best for our souls. The course Naomi advised, it appears strange to us, but it was according to the laws and usages of Israel. So I love this. We have a, a caring 
uh, mother-in-law looking out for her daughter-in-law that she would be able to be remarried. These two women are widows, and Naomi's looking out for her daughter, seeking rest for her in the covenant of marriage with a godly man in Israel. And she points out that Boaz is their relative. And she also has a plan. I love Naomi's plan. She wants to send her daughter-in-law, Ruth, to the threshing floor. She knew that Naomi or that uh, Boaz would be winnowing barley that night. And she sends Ruth. She tells her to wash up and go anoint yourself. Put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. Verse 3. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, observe the place where he lies. And then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. And Ruth was listening to her mother-in-law. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. And so Naomi, understanding the customs of Israel and how things work, informs and teaches Ruth, her Moabite daughter-in-law, and how to proceed forward at this time. These customs here in uh, chapter 3 are seen in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 5 and 6. Naomi encouraged Ruth to go and to seek rest under the shelter of Boaz and to pursue him as the kinsman redeemer so that she might be married to him and receive rest under his protection and in the covenant of marriage. And so it's a beautiful story of the rest that comes as a result of being united together in marriage with the Redeemer. The, the word here in the Hebrew is Goel. And that is speaking to the fact that in Israel there were kinsmen redeemers. And what happened was is they would go and whenever there was a man who died, like Ruth Ruth's husband died, her first husband died, the kinsman redeemer would marry the widow and then would perpetuate offspring in remembrance of the man who died and his household. So this was an act of love on the part of Boaz to Naomi. This was an act of love from Boaz to uh, her whole household, to her husband, Elimelech, who now had died as well, and to her two sons, and to her house. And it's just so kind of God to provide this stipulation in the Old Testament to, to see that the dead are remembered. And I, I just am so moved as I read through Ruth chapter 3 of just the kindness of God that he remembers us, and he also puts into place laws in the Old Testament so that the people of Israel would be remembered even after they died. And so... Here we see that Boaz, even though he's much older than Ruth, is a kinsman redeemer. He's a goel. And Naomi knows that and directs her to him. Now, Naomi sought the rest of Ruth. And I love the connection here because this is what Christ does. Christ seeks the rest for all of us who have believed and are His bride, His church. We who have believed in Jesus Christ have entered the rest of Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross on our behalf. Remember, when Jesus cried out, right before He died, He cried out, It 
is finished. And what those words represent to our weary souls today, beloved, is that God, when He accomplished redemption for us through Jesus Christ and His shed blood on the cross, He accomplished our rest in Him. The work of atonement is completed. The wrath of God is satisfied all because Christ has finished His work on the cross. So take heart, my brothers and sisters, this morning. For Christ has sought and Christ has accomplished your rest. And if you believe in Jesus, you come underneath of the shelter of His wings. And even though you may feel weary right now when you trust in Christ, that rest is yours right now, but it will also be fully realized when your Savior, your Redeemer, Jesus Christ, returns and takes you home to heaven forever. So we already have the rest of the finished work of Christ over our lives And that should minister peace and comfort to us. But we also await the great day of rest. There yet remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, Hebrews chapter 4 says. And that rest is speaking of the return of Christ. When our great bridegroom, Jesus Christ, comes to gather His bride, His church from the four winds, and brings us to the great marriage supper of the Lamb, where Jesus Himself, even though He's the groom, will serve His bride at table, even as He had served His bride by giving up His life for her on the cross. So all the self-sacrifice, all the, the love and the selflessness of Naomi to Ruth, and Ruth to Naomi, and Boaz looking out for Ruth that we've been looking at here in Ruth chapter 2 and now in chapter 3 is all a beautiful picture of the transformation that having God in your life can bring about. A redeemer, a goel, a kinsman redeemer gives you rest. That's why Naomi in verse 1 said, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? And she did indeed. This rest is speaking of salvation from wandering. Ruth no longer, if she comes underneath of the shelter of Boaz's wings as her husband, if he agrees to that, there will be a salvation from wandering. There will be a salvation from poverty. There will be a salvation from physical harm. All because of this Goel, this kinsman redeemer, bringing Ruth by his side as his wife. It, this, this salvation gives security to Ruth if she obtains it. It gives her provision for the rest of her life. It gives her safety all because this man would enter into covenant with her. Now we know later on in Ruth chapter 4, and we'll look at this next week, that Ruth was bought by Boaz, and she becomes his along with the property of Elimelech and Naomi. 
Boaz brings that in, and, and now he's responsible for it, and he's also responsible for the well-being of Ruth. And so we see that just this picture of Christ coming, and we are likewise bought by Jesus Christ. We are bought by his blood, and Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many to redeem us from a far more serious threat than physical poverty and destitution. Christ redeemed us from spiritual poverty and spiritual destitution, and he has bought us by his blood and by giving up his life unto death on the cross. We see this theme of rest picked up, not just in the Old Testament here with Ruth and the language Naomi used to describe what she's looking out for, for her daughter-in-law, but we also see Jesus using these very same words in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Do you remember these? I love these words of Jesus. Listen carefully. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, Jesus says. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love the language here of come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. There's, a, there's an emphasis there on the need for us to, to go to him. And I love that because this is what happens here with Naomi. She counsels her daughter-in-law, Ruth, listen, go to him. Go to Boaz at the threshing floor. Because in order for him to bring you under the shelter of his wings as kinsman redeemer, you need to go to him. So this practice in Israel, it shows once again, it's old, it's old covenant and new as well, where we have to go to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, Come to me, come to me and approach and all you who are labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. I'll bring you under the shelter of my wings, Jesus says in that beautiful promise in Matthew chapter 11. And so brothers and sisters, rest has been received by all of us who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ and rest, glorious rest is yet in front of us. Hallelujah. Glorious rest is in front of us when our bridegroom, Jesus Christ, returns. My fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, the best is yet to come for all of us who have trusted in the Redeemer. Because the Redeemer gives rest. Secondly, Redeemer gives you protection. The Redeemer gives you protection. And we see this in Ruth chapter 3, verses 6 through 9, if you read with me again. Says So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. And at midnight, the man was startled and turned over and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant for you are a redeemer. To, to spread your wings over someone in this culture meant to give them your protection. And here for Ruth, she was offering herself to Boaz as one who would willingly come under his protection as his wife. This is what this ha- is happening here because 
Boaz is her kinsman redeemer. Redeemer. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 8, the word of God says, When I passed by you again and I saw you, behold, you were at the age for love. And I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord God, and you became mine. So if a kinsman redeemer brings under the shelter of his wings this wife, this new wife named Ruth, what happens for her is what the Bible talks about in Ezekiel 16, verse 8, that the corner of his garments, and this is like an image of what God does in salvation and redeeming his people Israel. He spreads the corner of his garment over us, and he covers our nakedness. Now please understand here, this image of, of being naked and needing covering is in direct reference to when we stand before the Lord on the day of judgment as sinners, we are naked before a holy God. We have nothing to be able to stand before the holy presence of God with unless the Lord covers us, unless the Lord clothes us. We are destitute, we are poor, we have nothing in our hands that we bring. But what we see here is when it comes to God being a redeemer, he takes the corner of his own garments. And this reminds you of the righteousness of Christ, which God the Father has chosen to credit to sinners who believe in him. And God also covers our nakedness so that we might be able to stand before him No longer naked, but with the garments of salvation covering us, as Isaiah 61 talks about. We are no longer destitute, but now we have been provided for. We are covered so that we can stand before the Lord on the day of judgment. Thank God that he has spread his wings over us as our redeemer so that we are safe for the day of judgment. And it's not just a salvation transaction. Look, uh, Ezekiel 16.8 goes on to say, I made my vow to you. So this language of covenant, this language of marriage is once again used by God to his people. He enters into covenant with you. And it says, you became mine. You became mine. In marriage, the two become one. And that's an image of the relationship between Christ and his church. So that when you believe in Jesus Christ, you become one with him in union with Christ by faith. And he vows to you. He enters into covenant with you. And so even as we were singing earlier today that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases even though we, as his unfaithful bride, so often have our ups and downs and we stumble and fall, even as we sung in the song earlier, God's love for us is like a rock. It doesn't go up and down. It stays steady and steadfast and firm. And when God makes vows, God keeps vows. And when God enters into covenant with you and saves you, and you believe, you are united together with Christ by faith, you become one with Him, 
and he spreads his wings over you to protect you. That's the image here at the threshing floor. There must have been a blanket that was covering Boaz as he was laying down at the harvest, at the barley harvest, and he's he's laying there. And as the tradition happened in Israel, uh, the woman would come and she would uncover the feet of the kinsman redeemer and lay at his feet. Please understand here, there's no impurity taking place here. This is a pure and holy tradition. But as she goes and does that, it lets Boaz know that Ruth is willing to come underneath of his wings as his bride. And when God entered into covenant with us, he likewise spread his protection over us, his bride, brothers and sisters. He took us under his wings as Boaz was soon to take Ruth under his. Her destitution would be over as a consequence of this. A future home and provision would be hers and also Naomi's. And I can't help but think of when Christ died on the cross for us and rose from the dead for us, brothers and sisters. He secured an eternal future, not only of rest, but also of protection. And even though right now we are embattled greatly in this fallen world, we have Christ not only as our source of rest, but as our our source of protection. His blood and His righteousness have made a way for us to enjoy forever the happiness and eternal pleasures and the well-being of living securely in the new heavens and new earth, safe from all harm. Amen? This is what God does as kinsman redeemer. This is what the kinsman redeemer in the Old Testament would do when he spread his wings. The images of a powerful bird of prey coming and spreading its wings over its young and protecting them from all harm, bringing not only protection, but also shelter in the midst of storms. And so as you think of your Redeemer, oh, certainly think of salvation from sin, but think of protection and safety and refuge underneath of those wings as well. How good it is, brothers and sisters, to be loved by God. Amen? And to be the bride of Christ to all those who have trusted in Jesus. Listen carefully. It's as if we asked Him, Spread your wings over me, Jesus. And he willingly, like Boaz, made us his very own. That's the image of salvation here portrayed by the kinsman redeemer. There's no greater blessing than to have Jesus spread his wings over you. And for everybody in here who has trusted in Jesus, he has spread his wings over you. You are safe. You are shielded from the wrath of God because Christ has come and has died on the cross and he took it himself and absorbed it himself and kept you safe underneath of the shelter of his wings. He willingly made you his own. Sometimes we as believers, we just look at ourselves and we think, why would he even want somebody like me? I know I think that often. 
when I ponder how great my sin is and how holy he is, why would God even want to bother with someone like me? I'm like Ruth is in this image. I am destitute. You are destitute. We've got nothing in our hands. We don't bring anything into this marriage except the total, utter spiritual poverty. And we come before him at his feet. And we respond to him saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will, I will give you rest. I will bring you under the shelter of my wings. I will protect you. I will keep you safe from all harm. I will provide shelter for you in the storm. This is the image that the kinsman redeemer is meant to give to us. Michael Haubman writes about the kinsman redeemer. The kinsman redeemer is a male relative who, according to the various laws of the Pentateuch, had the privilege or the responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who was in trouble, danger, or need. The Hebrew term goel for kinsman redeemer designates one who delivers or rescues. A kinsman redeemer is one who delivers or rescues or redeems property or person. And in Ruth's case, Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, his entire household and property comes underneath of the wings and the protection of this man, Boaz. And so both property and person are redeemed by this kinsman redeemer. And Michael Hausman goes on to say, in the New Testament, Christ is often regarded as an example of a kinsman redeemer because as our brother, Hebrews chapter 2, he also redeems us because of our great need, one that only he can satisfy. In Ruth, we see a beautiful, poignant picture of a needy supplicant unable to rescue herself, requesting of the kinsman redeemer that he cover her with his protection, redeem her and make her his wife. And in the same way, the Lord Jesus Christ bought us for himself out of the curse, out of our destitution, made us his own beloved bride and blessed us for all generations. He, speaking of Christ, is the true kinsman redeemer of all who call on him in faith. Amen. And how blessed we are to be under those wings, brothers and sisters. And we see the heart of God for his people. When Jesus says in Matthew 23, verse 37, you see the heart of God for his people, Israel. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. You see this heart of Jesus that he wanted to spread his wings over Israel as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But the people of Israel rejected their Messiah on the whole. Oh, there was a remnant, and there is a remnant that have received Christ as their Messiah. But largely, as the Gospel of John says, He came to His own. 
and his own received him not. And yet, do we see an angry heart? Do we see a, 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 a heart that gives up? No, we see in Romans 11 all day long, I hold out my arms for a disobedient and obstinate people. And we see the heart of God in Matthew 23, 37. You see the heart of God for sinners. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together? You see the longing for God to bring salvation and to spread his wings of protection and salvation and redemption over his people, but they were not willing. Oh, how heartbreaking. But brothers and sisters, credit that to the hardness of the human heart, but never credit that to a lack of compassion for our God, who like a hen wants to gather her brood under her wings. It's the kindness of God, the tenderness and the compassion of God that sent His own Son into the world to save sinners. Whenever you think of God, think of the compassion. Think of His love and think of His mercy that would come and send His own Son to do just that. So the Redeemer brings rest. The Redeemer brings protection. And the Redeemer brings riches. This third and final point flows out from verse 10 and onward. Let's look at that. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And amen. Ruth turned aside from all other suitors and turned aside from all other princes and said, I desire to put myself at the feet of Boaz. And likewise, we need to say goodbye to all of the princes of the world and the prince of darkness and turn away and say to the Lord Jesus, I am coming to the threshing floor and I am going to be at your feet. Receive me, spread your wings over your servant and bring me under your protection, Jesus, because I want to kiss everything else goodbye and I want to cling to you. I want to be bound to you. I trust only in you. And Boaz, recognizing this kindness and this grace in the heart of Ruth, acknowledges that she hasn't gone after the young men, whether poor or rich. Boaz now being older, and he says, Now, my daughter, do not fear. He gives her reassuring promises here. I will do for you all that you ask. What a glorious image of the grand provision of salvation is there. God, the Father, doing all that we ask of Him. He's so kind and so generous, is He not? For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. Oh, the character study you can do too of Ruth and the character study of Boaz in this chapter is so powerful. He says, look at Boaz's character. He knows that he's a redeemer, but he knows, and Ruth doesn't yet, in verse 12, that there's a redeemer nearer than I. Verse 13 says, remain tonight. And in the morning, if he will redeem you good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, and here's another promise, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. And so she lay at his feet. What is this precious image? Until the morning, 
but arose before one could recognize another. And Boaz said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. It, what's so awesome about Boaz here is he's looking out for Ruth's reputation. Even though there was no impurity in this interaction, if Ruth was seen walking away from the threshing floor close to Boaz, people who saw her in the early morning light doing that might get the wrong idea. And so he is just helping her and, and helping to protect her reputation and making sure that she's off before early morning. But he doesn't just send her away empty-handed. Look at the generosity of Boaz in verse 15. He said, bring the garment you're wearing and hold it out. And so she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her, and then she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? And then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. And she replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. And we'll look at that next week. What's so awesome, though, about this little section, and I wanted to hover in on it, is the generosity of Boaz in providing for her material needs. She's needs food, and Naomi needs food, and so he, he just gives her barley and measures it out in abundance, and it said that she came empty-handed, but she went away full, and it's such a picture again of just the salvation and the bountiful generosity of our God that we come before him with nothing, and we go away with everything, brothers and sisters. This is how gracious and how awesome our God is, and and not only that, but I love this question that Naomi asks when she comes in the door. How did you fare, my daughter? How did you fare? Well, brothers and sisters, she fared pretty well. Not only did she come back with provision in terms of food, but she also came back with a promise from a godly man that he would, in fact, redeem her and bring her under the shelter of his wings as the kinsman redeemer, which absolutely secured her and Naomi's future for the time to come. This was a great night in their family. And so how did she fare? She went to the threshing floor empty, but she came back full. And again, it's an image of not just the physical blessing, but the spiritual blessing that we have in Christ. We see that like Boaz, Christ has this resolve to see the matter settled. And, and Naomi was right. She knew that this guy wasn't going to just sit on this, but he was going to go and settle the matter immediately, and he did. And I couldn't help but think of Jesus resolutely setting his face like a flint toward Jerusalem as he walked the long, dusty roads on the way to the cross. He was resolute. He was determined to go and settle the matter at the cross, to go and finish the work at the cross so that he might settle the matter of your eternal salvation and mine as fast as possible. Christ went to the cross and he died there willingly giving up his life. And as Redeemer, he shed his blood as the ransom price to buy you back, 
To be redeemed means to be bought, to be bought back from slavery, from captivity. You and I were under captivity to Satan, and Christ through the cross crushes Satan's head and delivers us from captivity and bondage to Satan. We were also under the dominion and power of sin. Christ through the cross sheds his blood, and he dies on the cross, and he destroys and cancels the power of sin, so that now, for us, even though we have the presence of sin in our life, the dominion of sin, the power of sin has been broken, and we've been set free by the blood of Christ. And not only that, brothers and sisters, but we were slaves to death without hope, and without God in the world, with no hope of being redeemed and saved out of it. And when God sent his son Jesus to die and give up his life as a ransom for many, not only did Jesus die, but God the Father raised him up to new life so that death will not have the final word on your life or mine. But when we believe in Christ, the sting of death has been forever taken away because Christ, our kinsman redeemer, overcame death and the grave. Brothers and sisters, we, we have fared well in answer to Naomi's question. I love that question. And I want to simply ask in closing, um, how did you fare with all of this? Have you pondered lately how well you have fared? Even with all the troubles that you're carrying in your life right now and that I'm carrying and the burdens that we carry in this fallen world. Brothers and sisters, nobody can change the fact that God has sent his son to redeem us. And no power can undone the truth, can undo the truth that Jesus Christ has spread his wings of protection over us, and nothing is ever going to separate us from his love. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I'm so looking forward to singing that together with you as we close and prepare for fellowship. And so if the worship band can return, let us thank God for how well we fared. Lord, we thank you so much for your eternal redemption of our souls. And Lord, we want to sing. We want to sing praises to you for how, Lord, you have called us by name and you said you are mine. Lord God, we are one with you. If we believe in you, we are bound together with you forever. And you will never forsake your bride. As unfaithful as your bride is to you, you have never been unfaithful to your bride. And we thank you so much for this beautiful picture of salvation and redemption. As we look at the life of Boaz and Ruth, help our hearts to be moved with fresh love and affection, Jesus, for you. That you would have come and died on the cross for your bride, your church, and paid the ransom price in order to buy us out of the slavery to Satan, to sin and death that we were in. Nobody else could have sprung us free. Nobody else could have delivered us. But you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer, you have. And we praise you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Let's all stand and sing to him. The Lord laid on my heart to share this scripture from Isaiah 43. For us as a congregation. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He's awesome, isn't he? He's awesome. Thank you so much, Almighty God, for spreading your wings over sinners like us. Thank you for paying the ransom price and shedding your blood on the cross, Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your Son to give up his life as a ransom for many. Lord, if there's anybody here who has not believed in you and repented of their sins, open up their eyes to believe in you while there's still time. And Lord, help them to respond before you return. Because we don't know when you're going to return. It could be today. So Lord, fill us with an urgency to respond to your gospel and to go to you and ask you to spread your wings over us. We love you, and thank you, Lord, for making us yours, for making us one with you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you, church. Let us all begin to transition to uh, get ready for our Koinonia luncheon. And again, if those who are going to normally just go and get their children Uh, Let's wait for 10 minutes, as Jason requested, so that we can take care of making sure we get ready for Koinonia first. Thank you so much.